Tune you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> well, hello everyone. It's it's Monday. <laughs> after Thanksgiving, after IAPA, holy moly, right? I feel like um everybody was listening to our last show, Brandon, because Macy's Day Parade, they had 28.5 million people watching, which was an increase of six percent over last year. Isn't that nuts? So it's everyone crazy. must have heard our podcast and said, Hey, we're tuning into the parade. We all have to catch it, right? <laughs> exactly. I which is which blows my mind, like totally goes counter to what we were talking about too, then. So clearly people still do watch parades and love to go to parades. I guess I was totally off base. I thought parades were dying. And yet here we had a 6% increase year over year, which is Mm -hmm. pretty remarkable, even despite like the age of the, of the performers. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, I don't know. I guess people just want to, they felt nostalgic and they want to catch up on some old singers and, you know, artists that they hadn't seen for a while. It's still, I'm sure it would have been an amazing performance. (laughs) Well, we were uh, certainly influential in part in that, in that growth, I'm sure. We certainly were. Absolutely. We're so awesome. Okay. Anyway, enough about us. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but I'm still kind of feeling a little bit blue um, from, uh, you know, not having IAPA around anymore. Like that Mm -hmm. whole week is so intense and crazy. Right. And then you have Thanksgiving anyway. um, It reminded me though, that this year is the Smurfs 65th anniversary. Can you believe that? 65 years, which is nuts. Right. So, um, the Smurfs came out in 1958 um, and it was a cartoon or a comic book and it was the Smurfs and the magic flute. That was the first thing that was published on the Smurfs. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but they played a big part in my childhood. I always used to get up Sunday mornings. It was cartoon morning, Hanna-Barbera series of the Smurfs, you know, running around doing their things that ran from 1981 to 1989. So I think a lot of us probably were all caught up in that along with what the gummy bears, Roadrunner. What else were you saying? Care bears. Oh, care bears yeah. The chipmunks. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're so cool. Um, and did you know actually that the Smurfs, um, in 2008, they were appointed ambassadors for UNICEF too, which no, I'm like, no idea. Cute? oh yes. Thanks for showing yeah, the picture. Because, hey, yeah. Well, no. And I think what they've done, they've done a great job at staying relevant and driving things forward. And like the movies are pretty good and they brought in good names to, to have the, you know, the voice of the characters. And, um, so they've just done, a, they've done a great job evolving over the years too. Yeah, totally. And um, Papa here, Papa's supposed to be 542 years old. And Was he if, 542 years old then? Or is he 542 years well, old now? I wonder. Great question. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, he could mm. almost be pushing 600 here. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Alive. I guess, what is it they drink? Um, Smurf berry juice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's some sort of youth tonic, man. Um, and remember, Smurfette was the only female, which was nuts. Like, I, I just, that's, I mean, in this picture, you can see some other females. So I think later, you know, down the road, they're kind of like, we better add some other females to the mix here because logically this isn't making sense anymore. But if no, Smurfette was the no. first female, I'm just curious about how they all grew and came to be, frankly. Uh, <laughs> must have been magic, magic, yep, right? Yep. Immaculate mm-hmm. conception. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, their village is still hidden and no one knows where it is. Um, and the Smurfs still live on because there are tons of things, like you said, are still being developed. There's an NFT that is a Smurf NFT now. There's still stuffy, still new iterations of the Smurfs coming out all the time. Anyway, yeah, yeah. fun stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, so one of the things, speaking of things like we got to see at Appa, we tried out Creative Works Lucky Putt. And, uh, you know, we tried it. Well, we tried a lot of the, the new, like, 
what do you want to call it? The high tech mini golf different groups that were there. And, yeah, there was, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there a number of them, right? Like Potify was an, is another one that was there. And, the Hollowgate's new putting attraction was there too. That was kind of interesting. Yep, yep. Uh, oh gosh, what are like hollow? It's not hollow golf. Now, why am I going blank on it? We just talked about it like the before we left for for Expo. But anyway, I was I was reading about this new place that's opening up in West Des Moines, Iowa. It's called Putts and Pins, and they had some pictures. And I was like, oh, look at that! That's Lucky Putt. So this is one of the first times I've seen it out in the wild. I know they have some installations. You mentioned there's one in California that they have some installations that are out there in the world. But something uh, lanes, yes, yeah. What's that? Something lanes. I can't remember the name. Um, Well, apparently mini golf goes with bowling because it's like this was a putts and pin. So there's 18 holes of lucky putt and then there's four lanes of duck pin bowling. And so this is is just a little bit of a look inside. So clearly like just with the fact that there's only 18 holes and there's only four lanes of duck pin, like they're going to have to have a good food and beverage play as well like they just have to because that's not a lot of entertainment frankly and like this one picture here like lucky putt looks great but the overall aesthetic in the environment is super bleh like i'm not like especially when you look at the the previous picture or like the bar oh that's just bowling you look at the bar like that that's all done really well and then like you get into the putting area and it's just like concrete floors with the stuff just thrown everywhere there's no clear way to like move around and I don't know. This was this was really disappointing to me to see this layout. I agree with you. Like, and I and I know you brought this up, but there's like there's windows everywhere. I wonder if this picture would have looked way better at nighttime too. You know, if it was darker, or if, you know, if the lights were coming off of the the putting areas, or you know, if they had different color lights shining down, and we just can't see them because it's too bright in there right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that we're giving them the benefit of the doubt too. Like this is part of the issue though. Like if that's, if that's true and you're going to have a better environment when it's dark out, well, then you should have that environment all the time and you should control the lighting. So black out the windows or put advertisements that like, like face outward, but that the darken everything on the interior. So then you can control the environment with lighting, but it's not just the lighting. I think that's a big part of it. Like I don't like all that glass and being able to look in, but it's also just, there's nothing else there there's not even like there's sort of like tables that are part of the lucky putt system to like put your drinks on but there's nothing else there's no other theming it's just like this big empty warehouse with some you know some mini golf and so definitely need to add some additional themed elements or couches or whatever just to break up the space yeah and i think this picture is perfect it really does point out like we forget as operators when we're putting an attraction in that the environment in which you stick it is extremely important as well like and i'm sure creative works because this is their product i'm sure that they had suggested hey you need to do some floor stuff you need to do something to the wall you got to do this or that but it can add such a huge layer of an expense to the Mm -hmm. already expensive putting uh greens themselves you know and i think that people just think oh we don't need it we'll just get the attraction in but it really I think it can add to the experience, make it that much better. It does. It does. It enhances it and makes it feel, especially when there's two people putting. And I know this was probably just promotional pictures, but this is also a big no-no when it comes to like promotional pictures is don't ever take pictures of your space unless it's just to like just record or whatever, like pictures of your space when it's empty. Always bring in, so like bring in people to take pictures. If this is what you're going to distribute around for press and get people excited about your space, you don't want people to see your space super empty because they're like, oh, maybe it's not a great experience. Should always have tons of people having fun or whatever. Stage, stage pictures if you have to. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 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 Cool. 
Um, all right. Well, hey, have you ever been spunking before? I have never officially gone spelunking, but I have I've done I have done caving and gone deeper than probably is wise without an official guide. Wow. So yes. dangerous. That's very dangerous. Um, I remember my first experience. It was really brutal, actually, because we had to climb up a mountain like and it took like it was a couple kilometers up and they they made us gear up at the bottom. So we had like these like holes, these suits on and we were climbing up through mud and it was raining and there was mosquitoes everywhere. I remember being covered and I didn't realize there was going to be mosquitoes. And then we get to the cave and we finally get in and they're like, don't worry, the mosquitoes won't come in the cave. It's too cold, <laughs> which was cool got in the cave and I thought we got pretty deep and it was pretty scary. Actually, you'd hear water running and you have to crawl through those really skinny little sites. Um, and one of the freakiest things to me was they're like, okay, who wants to experience extreme darkness? And so of course we're all, we're all game, right? So we had our headlamps on, everybody had to turn their headlamps on and you literally, it is so dark in there. You put your hands in front of your eyes and you cannot see. And it, it, it is scary. Like, can you imagine being trapped in a cave? Like some of these people in, that get trapped in these caves underground for years. I don't know. They probably wouldn't yeah. like these experiences, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you're, or you're going and like your battery dies on your, mm -hmm. in your headlamp and you like, oh can't, or you like have extra batteries, but they're in your pocket, but you just brought oh. enough. And then you go to put them, you go to replace oh, it, them it and you drop them and you can't find them. And now you mm -hmm. have to like somehow get out of this cave and okay. you can't see anything. Oh, fuck that. You're dying in that thing. Yeah, okay. I'm getting freaked out now. Okay. Enough of this. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the experience has been reinvented <laughs> in a very safe way. Um, so Waldopia has created this really cool product and they've done how many, it was 35 installations. 35, of which is way more than I, I didn't even know they did caves yeah. and, and so, out they've done 35. Yeah. So that's really cool. They create these artificial caves to give people and visitors a realistic cave experience. Um, now they have a couple of different styles of these caves. They have um, an edutainment cave. Um, and I'm just going to cycle through some pictures here. Um, an edutainment cave. And these caves are rich in stories. So they take you back in time and they allow you to kind of grasp what life looked like 500 million years ago. So here you can see they've built into the wall some fossils that you can touch and feel and who knows what, take pictures. I don't know. You probably don't have a picture if you're climbing, but you know what I mean? Like it really kind of gets some neat things, touch them. Um, I guess they have what footsteps you can walk in what the ancestors used to walk, what they look like, and then um, other traces of life. So maybe some, oh my gosh, what are they called? Slipping my mind. Um, the pictures of the paintings on the walls. Oh, like the like petroglyphs? Hier yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So they have some of those in there. Um, then they have another type of cave, which is a Spelio Thrill Cave. Um, and you can see here, uh, some of these little adventures crawling through like cracks and tiny um, caverns, um, uh, other caverns with stalagmites and stalactites hanging from the ceiling, some uh, lava experience and some different things that they can kind of play around with to see what it would be like inside of the cave. And then this one, which is so cool, they even have um, this kind of cave made out of lava and it runs down and you can kind of walk on it and experience what um, it would be all like and fill up some buckets and some different things with uh, lava. Anyway, yeah. um, I just thought, what a fun experience. Um, everybody gears up in helmets, headlamps. Um, they get elbow and knee protection when they go in. Um, and, uh, you know, you get to try the spunking, but uh, not in the cold and without the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, the volcano is impressive. I was reading a little bit about this. This is the, the volcano cave at the World of Wonders Family Entertainment Center in Qatar. And this thing is 10 meters high. And it actually has a 35 person capacity. So like, I don't know if this scale does, does it justice at how big it yeah. is inside of there, but you can actually fit 35 people. There's two routes 
and there's a 75 meter tunnel system. And then there's a, um, and then there's like, which is included, like basically split in two, which is an 18 and a 54 meter uh, tunnel system. So I don't know how to make that translation into, into feet. I think it's like roughly three times, uh, 3x that in feet. So like it's actually a really big tunnel system inside that little volcano. So yeah, Qatar again does, uh, does something over the top as, as, mm-hmm. as usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting and I keep on ignoring this, but there's that seven group out of Saudi Arabia that has been doing some massive investments. They've got some pictures here. Um, so they just announced that they're building this new project in the Assyria region. Um, now this project's going to be, get the 79,000 square meters. And I'm like, even though I'm Canadian, I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so it's 850,000 square feet, which translates into 15 football fields in size. Okay. So this, this is massive. This development's going to have eight different attractions. So an FEC with an arcade, which is, I think that's funny that they pointed out that it's going to have an arcade, um, VR areas, a jungle edutainment attraction, a Play-Doh entertainment center, 12 holes of mini golf, e-carding, bowling, 10 screen cinema, uh, retail and food and beverage in it. Um, and what they're doing right now, uh, their goal is uh, to uh, build out a bunch of these things to diversify their economy and get away from just oil and gas and, you know, use uh, entertainment as a way to drive revenue. Um, now, Seven is going to be investing $13 billion into 21 entertainment destinations across Saudi Arabia um, over the next few years because they're focused on this new Vision 2030 plan, which, again, like I said, is to diversify the economy, reduce reliance on oil, oil become one of the best places in the world to live, which, again, is, is interesting to me because... Um, you know, we know how many issues Saudi Arabia has had in the past. Um, and obviously things are all anew there um, with the changes that they're making. But, you know, for women, it was really not a great place to be for many, many years. Um, I, I know that's turning around and definitely this new vision that they have is focused on empowering women and women are getting more rights there. And, uh, you know, they don't have to wear the, the face stuff and the robes anymore. They can drive now and go to school and all that stuff. Um cultural advancements are still being made, but, um, you know, that's, I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think it's still going to take a couple of generations to, to fully move, move forward or move away maybe from some of the, the things that we would consider, um, uh, we would consider restrictive, but, as, but from just a purely business standpoint, like my, my concern here is that the, like I'm glad to see that they're diversifying and I think they should continue to diversify even beyond entertainment, but okay, let's say they want to go all in entertainment and be like the entertainment destination of the world. Okay. That's all great. But like I've been to, and now granted this is in Saudi Arabia, so I haven't, but I've been to the UAE and I've been to Dubai and been to a number of the parks that have been developed there and they're amazing. They're beautiful, but they're also empty. There's literally nothing there, like, or there's nobody there. Like I walked, we, we went there and it was like, like a normal, normal time when there would normally be families and stuff. And so my concern here is that they're going to put all this money in. And right now they continue to subsidize the losses, the operational losses with more oil money. But when oil eventually, again, a couple of generations from now, the, the, our dependency is, glo- so, you know, global civilization reduces on oil, um, like the dependency on oil reduces you are now going to end up with all these entertainment venues that are running at an operating at a loss, but without yeah. the revenue to offset that loss. And you're going to end up with these things in bankruptcy. Like, is this a sustainable alternative business model? Are there like, what's interesting enough about going to this place versus me going to this really cool FEC down the street where I live? Like, why am I going to fly all the way to Saudi Arabia to go to 
a theme park when I could go to Six Flags right here? Like, what is the draw that's going to draw international tourism to yeah. replace the massive amounts of money that they print from crude oil out of the ground? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of, I think we talked about this earlier. It's like they need to turn it into a bit of a little Vegas. Like it has to be super cheap, number one, to get there. Like we're talking $200 tickets, which I mean, to go overseas, that's a stretch. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. usually not the case, right? Um, and then the stay has to be exceptional and not super expensive, you know, while still yeah. drawing dollars out of your pocket while you're there, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- your core, your core lodging, your core hospitality and travel has to be low. And I now granted, they're not like their focus isn't to draw us dollars over there. Their focus is Europe, uh, the UK, like lots of people travel to Dubai for business and, you know, to the UAE and to other parts. So, like, I know they're trying to draw from like the, the more European region for the, for their money, but still like, I think everything you're saying is absolutely correct. Uh, it has to be cheap to stay and cheap to get there. And have a better experience that I can get by going down the street or or even on a regional train or whatever to, to get to a park. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, sure. well, I, I know one place that's not going to drive massive tourism, tourism revenue is Carson City, Nevada and Carson City Escape 36. So this is a an attempt at taking the Carson City Visitor Center and there's some extra space there. And they, somebody wants to put in some escape rooms. And so they're currently going through some zoning changes to allow escape rooms because again, people, these, these guys don't know enough. They actually, the reason why they even are having to rezone, cause it's, it's set for multi-use, but the reason why they're having to rezone is because it's close to an arcade. It's too similar to an arcade, which just, again, shows that this group doesn't understand what they're doing. If like their own city council is confused that this is an arcade. So I'm um, just going to pull this up real quick here. This is the floor plan for the Escape 36 that they that they put out there. And I don't even know how this got picked up in the news source that we were reading. Um, but I think it's because it said escape rooms, but it's not even, but like when I look at this, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking of. You know, like there were, we're like, first of all, I have to leave to go to a shared lobby into shared bathrooms because I'm in this visit Carson City area. I don't know where I check in. Like I come into this lobby, there's no central area for the gathering or briefing, or then I'm just dropping right into an escape room, another escape room. Where's the break area for employees? Where's the control room for the escape rooms? Where's storage? Like this is just absolutely bonkers to me. And just as want to show this here as a complete, as an example of like what not to do when trying to identify an attraction to fill in 1500 square feet of space. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty clunky. (laughs) And I feel bad for these guys. Like who knows how this even got picked up, you know, and maybe it wasn't even supposed to, but it's out there somewhere. So somehow it got brought in here. Right. But, you know, take the feedback. Uh, Yeah. This isn't going to feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, all right. I just, but I had to share because I think like, you know, as we're thinking about developing things, like this is just a good example of like what not to, what not to develop. Like, 1500 square feet is not a good, like that's not enough to have any decent, any decent attraction uh, of any kind, really, frankly. And and again, flow, customer flow, you have to think of the flow and what that's going to be like and what the customer experience is going to be like, because it all matters. It's not just the inside of an escape room experience, right? Yep. 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 Um, All right. Okay. So um, I love that. Um, I'm officially feeling Christmassy. I don't know about you, but I put my Christmas tree up yesterday. (laughs) 
My house oh, is decorated. Yeah, all our like, stuff is up. The trees up, lights are on the house. Everything's yeah. everything's ready to go. Yeah. yeah. All, all I need Christmas is a month. really cool movie experience now. And guess what? <laughs> Area 15 has one. Uh, the night before Christmas, they are playing this right now. And this is just so cool. And it's not just this, re- you know, playing the movie again, but they have created this cool immersive environment. And apparently you've been there, so you can tell us all about it. But where it's, you know, there's projection mapping all around this room. So you kind of walk in to the Nightmare Before Christmas, the, uh, what is it, Halloween Village, I think it's called, Halloween Town, where you go into Halloween Town and you sit down in these cool, comfortable, relaxing chairs. Um, they have boutique uh, or um, handcrafted cocktails that kind of match the theme of the event. I couldn't find any or what they, what they named them anywhere, but apparently they exist. Um, and you get to sit down and you get to watch this, uh, this movie right there, um, in this fun, cool area. And then at the end, when you leave, there's some, oh, here's another picture. You can see people sitting there enjoying themselves. Um, and then when you leave, there's some really cool photo op experiences, which I thought I like, I like the addition of this. This is fun just to capture that memory and the experience that you had watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, uh, it's, this is a, it's a cool space that they rotate seasonally. So I went there. Yeah. I went there in the space and it was a Jurassic park. So they actually were showing the original Jurassic park movie, uh, very well. Like the audio was great. It was immersive. They had like sounds that when you came in, there's like sounds of the jungle and everything else around you. And so they did a good job. This is definitely more themed and the chairs are way more comfortable. So when I was there, it was like literally a handful of like stools and stuff. I, I just ended up standing and watching and like, kind of walking around. So it was a little bit of a weird experience. They definitely upped their game with, with regards to all the, the chairs and seating, but it's a cool way to see a movie. It was, a you know, it was, they had you know, little like animatronic dinosaurs in the corners and plants and stuff you could do. So like they did a good job and, you know, the bar had themed cocktails as well um, tied to the Jurassic park movie. So oh, it was, okay. yeah, it was remember good. what you had. I don't. And I was trying to actually pull up pictures to see if I could find a picture because I took pictures of the space and, mm-hmm. and of the drink, but I, I couldn't with like too short of notice to yeah, just thought about doing it. So yeah. All anyway. Right. Awesome. Oh. All right. Well, that wraps the show for today. So I guess we'll, yeah, we've got, some, we've got a lot of great stuff to oh. talk about tomorrow already. Like I've, I've just oh. got a good list. of. I things know. I know. I feel like we haven't done any talking lately. Like we missed a week and then a few days last week. So yeah. Yeah, Watch out, folks. There's a lot to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> a lot to talk about. Um, All right. All right, LBXers, CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Bye, guys.